Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It is me, Damien Barr, welcoming you back to our Salon exclusive podcast. And I've been waiting a long time to share this news with you. It's very exciting. We have got with us Bolu Babalola, the Sunday Times bestselling author of Love and Colour. She's here this week to talk about her new hilarious romance, Honey and Spice. Now, we love a romantic comedy here, whether it's Jojo Moyes or David Nichols, and this is another one worthy of those names. It's brilliantly funny, very quick-witted, sexy and authentic. It had to be on our podcast. There's a great interview um, with Bolu in The Guardian where she talks about the importance of rom-coms. I'm just going to read a wee bit to you from that now. She says... Love and romance are seen as innately feminine and therefore inherently inferior, which is a terrible misogynistic take. We need art to have hope, especially when the world is so full of bleakness, and rom-coms do that. How right is she? She is totally right. She's accomplished hope, joy and love with Honey and Spice, a story that revolves around Kiki Banjo, absolutely love that name. Kiki runs a campus radio show called Brown Sugar where she deals out advice and cautionary tales about how to avoid Mr. Wrong. And you can imagine where it goes. Here's Bolu to fill you in on the rest. Hello, my name is Bolu Babalola and I am so thrilled to be reading exclusively for Damien Barr's literary salon for my debut novel, Honey and Spice. Now, Honey and Spice is a rom-com, a romance, a love story set in the NACS, which is an African Caribbean society, in a university called Whitewell University, fictional university called Whitewell University, and um, the ACS is dubbed Blackwell. And it's for Blackwell, or rather the ladies of Blackwell, that our main character, Kiki Banjo, has a radio show for where she gives advice, romantic advice, um, warns them off of players, waste men, F-boys, um, men you just don't want to deal with, and how to handle it. And it's all going seemingly well, until a distraction arrives to her audience, um, a tall, dark, handsome distraction. Um, and Kiki Banjo is not somebody who follows her own advice, but she's also just very, very distressed by the fact that the girls are not heeding hers, and they're falling for this man. And it's within this backdrop that this chapter occurs. Um, they are at a university party, the student union party specifically for Blackwell, and Kiki has just had a run-in with a secret lover, and she wants to get away from him. And this is her way of getting away from him, and it involves the very same man that she has warned her girls about. This one, chapter six. Honey and Spice. I found my legs striding towards Malachi, weaving deftly through the crush of twined bodies, Coffee was playing a song that sampled flowery trees, Say Yes. We had entered a slow jam section of the night, and so backs were pressed flush against fronts, faces were in necks, and arms were wrapped around waists as hips swayed to the sultry song, making it relatively easy to make my way through what would normally have been a thick crowd. Malachi pushed himself off the wall immediately. My heart slammed against my ribcage with the full weight of itself, in protest of what I was about to do, but there was no backing down now. He was looking at me with calm curiosity. 
He'd moved a little away from his friends and into a corner that was slightly obscured, but still visible to eyes that were purposely seeking and trailing. He flicked his head at me to follow suit. I stepped up to him, ignoring the interested eyes of his boys and the gentle, jesting calls of, Jeez, is that you, yeah? Chief Malachi, a whole geeky banjo, you know? How much did you play in dowry? Malachi directed a middle finger at them while looking straight at me, his plush mouth bent slightly in intrigue, his eyes sparkling. He had to be kidding me with this. How were they so dark and so bright at the same time? I didn't think horoscopes were my thing, but his eyes really looked like stars and I suddenly wanted to be an astrologer to learn how to read them as they flashed at me. What do you need me to do? His voice was low, gravelly. A thrill ran through me, but I had no time to assess it. I rose on tiptoe, wrapped my hand around his neck and said, with a breath into his ear, kiss me. He smelled good, a dark, musky, woodsy fragrance with a clean, sweet scent of whatever lotion he used, and I took it in deeply to distract myself as two long seconds ticked by in which he said nothing. The length of our bodies weren't touching, but I was close enough to sense a surprise. The adrenaline from my war surge was beginning to thicken and slow enough for embarrassment to creep in. I wanted to humiliate Zack in the language he understood, twisting his toxic machismo and shoving it down his throat, but now I was the one choking. I let go of the back of Malachi's neck and began to retreat, accepting my defeat, prepping my shit, sorry for good I said anything speech, when he put both hands on my waist and drew me to a halt. A shot of heat rushed through my entire body. His fingertips rested lightly on the top of my skirts, just below where the slip of skin exposed by my crop top began. It was a comfortable pressure, politely light, respectful, and yet the pit of my stomach flared impolitely, disrespectfully. The slip of skin itched for his hands to move the scintilla upwards. What had I got into? I needed to be in control, always, but the way my skin seemed to be feeling for something he had never had before was beyond mine. He had barely touched me. Malachi lifted his head so he was looking right at me. I was on my tiptoe still, and if he hadn't been looking at me, I was pretty sure the intensity of his gaze would have been enough to knock me off balance. My heart wasn't beating like war drums anymore, it was carnival drums. My body had been ready to move into combat, but now strangely, I wanted to dance. Malachi nodded, the corner of his deep and delicious looking mouth flicking upwards. Okay. I only saw a flash of Malachi's eyes amping up in wattage, the increased gradient of his crooked smile before my bottom lip nestled between his and I slowly, gently pressed, causing his own mouth to wall part immediately, welcoming into a dark, decadent warmth. His lips moved in a motion that was deep in conversation with mine, filling in the cadences, an instant response to my calls that sent a thrill so sharp through me I almost stumbled. I pushed my body closer, and he took it as permission to draw me in with teasing languidness. He was good. And not just one size fits all good, but good enough to match me. He was feeding me out, taking the lead gently when it was clear I was seeding power. I could taste that he was having fun with it, deepening the kiss before lightening up, making the increasingly frantic heat gathering inside my stomach rise and then simmer. I could feel a new brand of adrenaline kick up inside of me. He was challenging me. This was a duel. Fine. 
I drew back slightly and twirled my tongue, and I could tell that by the low vibration in my mouth that it had the intended effect of it on him. He pulled away and looked at me, slightly stunned, an impressed brow quirked. Huh. Good work, Keeks. Me one, Malachi. Oh. His eyes twinkled, and he brought his mouth back to mine, transforming my smug smirk into a small moan. Up. It occurred to me that this might have been my first honest kiss. Both our motives were plain. We were engaged on the same level for the same purpose. To be felt and to feel. The raisin d'etre might have been originally to make Zack sweat a mutual decision to destroy a wartime treaty. Zack and Malachi were natural enemies after all. But with every little gentle sweet motion of suction and lip grazing, I could tell the kiss had morphed into something different. Still an assertion of power, but this was a power shared, seeded and reclaimed in the same breath. A friendly battle of thrills and a test of will. My heartbeat was drumming a frenetic, syncopated rhythm on internal djembes that got me thinking that our ancestors were being summoned to approve of whatever the fuck was going on here. I detected that Malika was beginning to lose his grip on reasoning by the ever-increasing heaviness of his breath, and truth be told, I was too. This wasn't the kiss I'd planned. This was fun, and my body was engaging in it far more than I intended. I didn't have to look back to know that Zach was watching us, and sure, that meant other people might have been watching us, but at this particular moment, I didn't give a shit. I felt powerful. Besides, public making out of Freaky Fridays wasn't a big deal. As it was, I could guarantee at least eight other couples were dry humping at various corners of the room. Is the truth universally acknowledged that university club nights are one of the horniest places in existence? But even without a cloak of invisibility that General Shameless provided, I felt good about the fact that though this guy had control, I had what it took to make him lose it. I slid my arm from around his neck so I could curve a hound around his neck and rest my thumb in his jaw and deepen the kiss, gently sleep, slipping the tip of my tongue into his mouth. I felt the pressure of Malachi's hands on my waist, increasing automatically in a way I knew you couldn't help. Then I pulled away, just in time, before the kiss took us someplace else. Malachi's smile sloped out slowly. Well, shit. A surprising grin snuck out of me in response. I bit my lip to curb it. Slightly fanning myself after that reading. If it hasn't given you a wee boost of endorphins to make your day a little bit brighter, I don't know what will. Huge thanks to Bolu for what is destined to be another bestseller. It's so exciting. I just love the joy of watching her career. That was Bolu Babalola with an exclusive reading from her new book, Honey and Spice. Emphasis on the spice. The book is published by the Fab Folk at Headline and is available now in all good bookshops. I think I spotted a copy in the window of one of my favourite local bookshops here in Brighton, Afrori Books. So if you're in the area, rush down and grab a copy or get it online from them. Our podcast is only as good as the people who support it and that means obviously it's brilliant because you are too. So thank you for your time and thank you for your support of everything that we do here. Please share this episode with anybody you know who needs to put a little bit of pep in their step. Thank you for listening and I'll see you again soon with another brilliant book.